And welcome in the Sports Takes with Jake. Yes, the podcast edition on, yes, the fourth show of spring 2021 semester. As always, we are coming to you live from the Villanova University. I am joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host and best friend, Mr. Christian Smith. How you doing tonight, buddy? Good, Jacob, and thank you for having me on, as always. Yes, anytime, partner. Um, I'm really excited for this show. i got a lot to get into tonight. We're going to have two separate 30-minute podcasts um, for you because I want to get to all the information I got tonight. But first, I want to start with President's Day trivia for my best friend here, very in the politics and kind of relates to sports. I wanted to, we had President's Day on yesterday, um, and I wanted to ask him this question. I want to see if I could stump the expert here. Are you ready, Christian? I'm ready. Let's let's do it. So here's the question. Which president was offered the job of Major League Baseball commissioner after he was in office? Hmm. No choices, huh? <laughs> uh, okay, I'll give you a couple. Um, George H.W. Bush. Uh... Franklin Delano, Roosevelt, Harry Truman, or Richard Nixon? Um, Richard Nixon. Yes, correct. He was offered after Watergate. He resigned from office in disgrace. And a good quote that uh, his fandom for baseball is, I don't know a lot about politics, but I do know a lot about baseball. So that was <laughs> my President's Day trivia. Would you have that right if I didn't give you choices? No. <laughs> Just being honest. I had no idea. But, you know, that's that's interesting. Yes, I thought that was interesting. I got that from the Greeny podcast, but that was not me. So You did stump the expert. <laughs> yes. Um, so now to the NFL. And the first show without a game since August. I'm very disappointed. But we have the draft to talk about. What more can we ask for? So I looked up Todd McShay's mock draft, the draft expert from ESPN. I want to get your take on a couple of these top picks that he has. Um, So first overall, we have Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson, going to Jacksonville. Not really a surprise there. Um, Urban Meyer taking over there in Jacksonville. Um, Zach Wilson from BYU, the quarterback, going to the Jets. What do you think of that, partner? Um. That sounds about right, I think. Um, the Jets need a quarterback in the worst way. Sam Darnold just isn't panning out for them too well, which is disappointing because, you know, he had he had a lot of upside and people thought that he would be um, their franchise quarterback. So I, I like Wilson going number two overall to the Jets. Um, I think it's going to be a good fit there. Yeah, I, I, I you know, kind of surprised to get up on Sam Darnold this early, uh, considering they really didn't put much around him. Now, the new head coach coming in, I really think, honestly, they should try to develop Darnold. But, I mean, honestly, if I were the Jets, I would try to move down the draft, get some good draft picks for the future, and keep Darnold. I don't know. Like, I, th- I still think he has a lot of upside. I can certainly see that, too. I'm really surprised that they didn't hire a, a head coach, like a more offensive-minded head coach, to work with either Darnold or the new quarterback. That is true. I mean, but Robert Sala is a very good head coach. I know he's a defensive guy, but. Uh, I mean, you think about even when they're, they're, they're uh, back-to-back AFC championship runs, you know, Rex Ryan, you know, maybe they rely on the defense, you know, you never know. 
Well, defense wins championships, partner. Yes. I mean, look at your Giants. Yes. So then he has Carolina trading. This is a mock trade with Miami. And they're going to go up to number three and get Trey Lance from North Dakota State, the quarterback, over Teddy Bridgewater. Well, they said – I heard that Teddy Bridgewater was going to um, to start this season and then uh, Trey Lance would succeed him. What do you think of that? Um, yeah, I like that too. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, not really the long-term answer at quarterback. Um, he's a good option for – for the for the current times, uh, he didn't do too bad a season ago with Carolina, but I mean he's already he's, he's already close to thirty, I believe. I mean he's been around a while now. Yeah. Um, not not really not really a proven winner at all, and and I like I, I like them drafting a quarterback early on and and trading up. It'd be interesting to see if they do that. Yeah. And then we got Justin Fields going to Atlanta at number four. Matt Ryan uh, under contract through twenty twenty three, but. You know, hmm. might be drafting his replacement here. Yeah, I, I'm not really too big on this, on, on them taking a quarterback at number four overall. I think Matt Ryan's got a few more good years out in him, um, even maybe beyond 2023. What is he, 35-36? Yeah, 35 is Matt Ryan. He's still playing at a very high level. Um, so I don't. I think they should go somewhere else with that pick. Um, that's just That's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think they should, you know, try to shore up that defense a little bit. Um, you know, they've been really bad on defense. Um, but I guess we'll we'll go to the Eagles and Giants here quickly. But I only get to a lot of other NFL topics here. Um, the Eagles projected to draft Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. It's a solid pick. Um, I I just am not a huge fan of they keep drafting receivers every year, and none of them pan out. So I'm a little bullish on the receiver pick. But, you know, they should have drafted Justin Jefferson last year from LSU, but that's just my opinion. Um, and then number 11, we got the Giants taking Kyle Pitts to tight end from Florida. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not crazy about that pick, to be honest with you. Um, I'd rather see them go with the pass rusher at number 11. It's what they need. They need to get more pressure on the quarterback next season. Um, and, and they haven't had a good pass rusher in years. Um, if you want to consider Olivier Vernon good, I don't, you know, maybe he's the last decent one at least, but I mean, you know, you look back at their two Super Bowl runs in 2011 and 2007, Super Bowl 42 and Super Bowl 46, they've had two good pass rushers, amazing pass rushers on both of those teams in Justin Tuck and Jason Pierre-Paul in 2011 and in 2007, of course, Justin Tuck as well, along with, um, OCU Manura. So, they, they've got to get a pass rusher. You know, it's what they need, I think, more than a tight end. Evan Ingram may, may actually made the Pro Bowl a season ago. Well, this past season, I should say. Um, really took me by surprise. But um, I, I don't I don't want them to go tight end at number 11. Okay, so now we will move on to the never-ending saga of Deshaun Watson. As a picture came out on Instagram last night. Pictured him in Miami with a couple of former Clemson players who now play in the Miami Dolphins. Um, do we think Deshaun Watson will go to Miami? I, I don't think so. I, I still think they should um, continue to develop Tua. Um, 
I, I think he played well for them in 2020. And I don't know why they'd want to give up on him so early. So I, I don't see him going to Miami. Yeah, I, I, I agree, partner. I think Miami's in a good spot. They won 10 games last year with the combination of Fitzmagic or Fitzpatrick and, uh, and Tua. Um, I don't know why you'd give up all that draft capital. I think you could really use that to your advantage and really make yourself a, a long-term good team. I think Tua's the answer there. I don't know why you would give all that up to get Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, I, I think if you're Miami, you stay put and you just try to win with the guys you have and draft some better players. Um, now, I did hear this from Pro Football Focus. They have a mock draft that the Eagles are going to trade up to number three and draft quarterback Justin Fields. Can you explain that to me? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't see that happening. I don't either. <laughs> I, I think they should definitely stick to Jalen Hurts. Yes, I, I agree. Promise in the first season, in this first season. Um, so I can't really figure that one out. I mean, I guess anything's possible. I <laughs> Nobody guess. saw him going after this past season, so you know, maybe they'll take us by surprise and go ahead and trade it for Fields. I, I don't think it makes a ton of sense, but who knows? Yeah, and I was looking at some articles, and according to Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer. Quote, the market is not strong for Wentz, end quote. Um, he's saying Howie Roseman, the GM for the Eagles, is overreaching with trying to get that first-round pick for Wentz. Um, he says that they're probably going to have to do some type of salary dump or, or having picks go the other way to – apparently the two teams that are in this deal right now are Chicago and Indianapolis. Um the big day for Wentz is March 19th. That's when the Eagles probably should move on from him because if they don't, they have to incur a $10 million signing bonus. Obviously, if you're not keeping the guy, it wouldn't make sense to keep him around after that date and pay him $10 million for nothing. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens because they had all that talk last week saying that the trade is going to happen. It's going to be, quote, imminent and – it seems like it's really slowing down. I mean, I know we're only at February 16th and the league year doesn't start until March, but uh, what do you think, partner? Do you think Wentz will get eventually moved to either Indianapolis or Chicago? And to, in addition to that, do you think they'll make a package deal with Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz? Hmm, yeah, I, I think he's, I think he will get moved eventually. Um, I think these teams are, are, are a little hesitant because, you know, obviously Wentz has such a huge contract. And he hasn't really played too well. Oh, yeah, this year, yeah, he was terrible this year, yeah. Yeah, and he he is he is injury prone. He he's yet to really prove anything in this league. Um, but it, I I think he does get moved eventually. Um, with Zach Gertz, that that's an interesting package. I think. Um, I, I would like I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, of course, you know, both of them just seem to regress, you know, tremendously this past season. Um, so I, 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 if I had to make a prediction, I think he ends up in, in, in Indianapolis. It seems like that, that's, uh, there's been some more talk around that as opposed to Chicago. Um, but I, I guess we shall wait and see. Yeah. I mean, another interesting point is that Carson Wentz is going to be owed $132 million over the next four seasons. The only quarterbacks that have a higher, uh, 
contract money are Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So it's going to be tough to – if you're taking him on, you're going to really have to pay him. Um, another interesting story I want to get to here quickly, Dak Prescott in Dallas. Uh, a lot of talk about that long-term deal. I think, it, I think it's been going on for about two years now that Dallas is just refu- refusing to pay him the contract that a lot of people think he deserves. Um, so if you're at Dallas, what do you do here? Do you incur another franchise tag and you know see what happens next year? Or do you possibly sign and trade him to, I've heard, Chicago for three first-round picks if you don't believe he's the future? What, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, this is another one that's just like, you know, is what do you do? Um I I think they I think they should try to franchise tag him one more year and see how this works out in twenty twenty one. Um, because, you know, he's played well for them, but he hasn't necessarily won too much. And yeah, he, that is true. They may be looking for the quarterback to take them to the next level. And Dak Prescott, as I said, he just hasn't been able to do that so far. Um so I think I, I think one more year would be good to see how he does and he and say hey here you go play play at a high level in 2021 get us to the playoffs make a run to at least the NFC Championship game and we'll lock you up long term. Yeah, I mean I think you know it's it's just interesting how you know Dallas chose to pay everybody else first. You know, usually it's the other way around. Usually you pay the quarterback first, then you worry about the other stuff later. Um, it, it just seems to me Dallas is not sold on Dak Prescott. And, you know, he's had some pretty good seasons. You know, he had a really good first, what was it, three and a half, four games last season before he unfortunately got hurt and was out for the rest of the season. He was playing at a very high level. Though, yeah. Games. And, and the issue is, partner, you know, he was throwing for over 400 yards every week and they were losing. They were losing. Yes. So, so maybe he's not the problem. I mean, I mean they, they had a terrible he, defense this past year, especially in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, that defense is atrocious. Um, I, I think they got a lot bigger issues than, than Dak Prescott. Um, but, I mean, he's going to ask for a ton of money. And, I mean, the only issue is, though, with this franchise tag is you're paying him max money for that one year. So, you know, if they could have made that deal two years ago, you're probably paying him way less than – they are right now because I mean you're, you with the franchise tag you're paying them the max amount of money um and another thing is if you if they franchise tag him this season and he says next year I want out you're not gonna get anything for him for him he could just walk and you're not gonna get anything for him so you know that's where that sign and trade comes in because if you don't think he's the franchise then I would trade him if you don't think he's the guy Trade him, get a bunch of picks, and start over. I mean, that's really your two options. Either you pay him or you or you trade him. So very interesting there in Dallas. Um, and also I want to bring up about New England. I know I don't like New England, but I wanted to bring this up because it's an interesting story. So uh, New England scouts scouted, you know, Trevor Lawrence Pro Day was the other day uh, at Clemson. Um, and the Patriots are possibly looking for a quarterback after Cam Newton struggled this season. Um, in the wake of Tom Brady leaving and ultimately winning a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, um, and he's coming back next year. Um, do you think they could draft Mac Jones with pick number 15 in the NFL draft? Yeah, I think that'd be a, a very good fit for them. I mean, they, they cannot go through another season of Cam Newton. No. I mean, he, 
clearly Cam Newton has seen, has seen his better days in the NFL. Yes. And uh, New England needs a quarterback. And I, I like that pick at number 15. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be, I think they could, I, I like this, uh, the saying on, on Get Up I was watching where, you know, they had uh, some former Patriots usually have on there. Um, and he was saying how they could kind of implement the model they had with when Tom Brady came in. You know, you you kind of you put him in there, and you have a dominant defense, and you let him kind of manage the game, and that's how you win. Until you know, obviously he progresses into the quarterback. Now I'm not saying he's gonna be Tom Brady, but you know he tr- transits into the, a good quarterback where he doesn't have to manage the game as much. Um, I kind of like that strategy if they could they could get that defense back to where I mean they had a decent defense this year. They just couldn't score any points. Um, so I think it's a good pick. Um, you know, Mac Jones obviously kind of had an all-star cast around him. You know, Alabama has all five-star players, so going to be a little bit of an adjustment for him going to the NFL. But I think it's a decent pick up there, especially at 15. You're not really having the to use any of your draft capital to get him. You kind of just let him fall into your lap type of thing. Um, another question I want to ask your partner about Ben Roethlisberger. Um. Pouncey retired, you know, his all-time longtime center. Um, he is owed $41.3 million next season. Now, I think they're trying to work out a deal. That he doesn't have to get paid that much. But do you think Big Ben comes back next season and plays in Pittsburgh? Oh, no doubt. Um, I don't I don't see him going anywhere. Um, I didn't even know that there was even a question about him coming back next year, to be honest with you. Um I think, but he, I think he comes back one more season, uh, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, for their sake, that they can they could get something going there in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's been a few years since they've they've been uh, that, that they made a run. You know, this past year was a disaster for them. You know, what were they eleven and zero? Yeah, eleven and zero, and they're out in the wild card round. Yeah, and, and, and Cleveland just you know had a field day with them in that wild card round as as we watched that game together. So. Yeah, I, I think he's back for at least one more season. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, lastly, before we get to the NBA, um, J.J. Watt cut by the Houston Texans, the longtime face of the franchise. Where do you think he goes from here? I've heard Pittsburgh. I've heard Kansas City. I've heard a bunch of different options. Where do you think he goes? Now, Pittsburgh has both of his brothers playing there, by the way. How about the Giants? We'll take him. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, we'll take him in Philadelphia, but I don't think he's coming here. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think I think Pittsburgh makes sense um, for sure. You know, they could certainly use a defensive end and you know a player at his level. Um, you know, but I just want to take a moment to really like blast the Houston Texans. Yes, I mean, for sure. What on earth are you doing that that all your players aren't happy? I yeah. mean, first Deshaun Watson, now JJ Watt. You hire some guy that we never heard of as head coach at 65 years old yeah. what the hell is what the hell are you doing Houston <laughs> yeah I, I I just yeah I agree I mean it's funny I was I was listening to the Greeny podcast as I always do and they were talking about the executive vice president for Houston uh I forget his name but they said his only two other qualifications before he came to Houston he was the chaplain for the New England Patriots. I'm not even making this up. He was a chaplain for the New England Patriots. And then he was a character coach. That's oh. it. And then he came to Houston. He's the executive vice president of football operations, making all these decisions right now. 
So you just wonder. You just wonder, you know, like you said, JJ Watt, three-time defensive player of the year, five-time pro bowler. Deshaun Watson, probably one of the top five, 10 quarterbacks in the league right now. And he's only what, 25 years old. So it's very interesting. And and remember they traded away DeAndre Hopkins, best receiver in the NFL. Now that was Bill O'Brien, but still um, very interesting there in Houston. They're kind of messing everything up. So got about 10 minutes here on the first half of the show. I get a little NBA talk here. Um, my Sixers, 1-3 on the West Coast trip. Um, they beat Sacramento 119-111. They fell to Phoenix 120-111 and Portland 118-114. Last night they lost to Utah 134-123 in a very entertaining game without Joel Embiid. I'll give you some of the stats here. Um in this game, uh, Tobias Harris, 36 points. Ben Simmons, listen to this part, 42 points a career high, 15 of 26 in the field, 12 of 13 from the free throw line, nine rebounds, 12 assists, one steal, one block. Uh, ben Simmons over the last seven games, 21.3 points a game, 8.3 assists, 8.1 rebounds, and about two steals, 1.9 steals. About time this kid's playing well. Yes. Um, unfortunately, the Jazz, they kind of dominated us at the three-point line. They took 22 more threes, converted 10 more. Um, against the Suns, Joel Embiid dominated 35 points, including 16 in the final quarter. Simmons had 18, 6, and 4. Um, however, Devin Booker scored 36 um and you know unfortunately Sixers weren't able to pull it out um Doc Rivers an interesting comment here he says Ben Simmons defense was quote terrific overall end quote despite Devin Booker scoring 36 points I don't know how that happens um Danny Green said quote we weren't physical enough with those guys yeah obviously um the Sixers are 27th in three-point frequency and 20th in three-point percentage in the NBA. Not going to get it done if you're one of the top teams in the league. So you got to improve that a little bit. Um, Doc Gervis says he wants the Sixers to pass a little bit more. Um, they did a pretty good job of that last night, I thought. I was watching some of that game against Utah. Um, Utah is the best team in the league right now. 23-5, and five, partner. Utah Jazz. What in the world? I think they won. I think they said. I think they're nineteen and one. Their last twenty games or something. It's ridiculous. They're really good. Might be in trouble there. Yeah. So, um, my predictions: we got Houston Rockets tomorrow night. I think we beat them. They don't have James Harden anymore. I know Victor Oladipo is a decent player, but I think we beat them. Chicago Friday. Chicago's not that great. Give me Sixers in that one. And then we got Toronto back-to-back Sunday and Tuesday. I think they split with Toronto. Toronto's not that great this year, but record-wise, but they still have that decent championship DNA. Uh, so they're always kind of a tough out there. Um, and then for your Lakers partner, I always include them on the show. I know you're a huge Lakers fan. Um, Anthony Davis out for, quote, a period of time, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN with – what they're saying is tendernosis, not tendonitis, tendinosis, which is apparently is a more serious form of that injury to the knee area. So kind of concerning there for the Lakers is Andy Davis is probably your second best player behind LeBron, I would say. Um, he has been injury prone, though. He's missed 122 games in his career. Um, so it's not really a surprise he's injured. 
Um, the Lakers result over the last week, they beat Oklahoma City Thunder 114-113 in overtime. Came back and beat Memphis, as my my partner told me, 115-105. And, and that game. Yeah, and then they got blown out by Denver 122-105 on Sunday night. Um, they got the Timberwolves tomorrow, Nets Thursday, Heat Saturday, Washington Monday. Who do you got in these games? They just knocked off the Timberwolves 112-104. Okay, yes. Yeah, so there you go. So you got Nets Thursday, Heat Saturday, and Washington Monday. Um, I think they I think they beat the Nets. Wow, that's uh, a good win. Yeah, I, I, I well, without Anthony Davis, I shouldn't say that. I think I think they I think they fall to the Nets um, in a close one. I, I think they beat the what do you say they have the Wizards on Saturday, the Heat on Saturday, the Heat on Saturday. Ooh, that's gonna be another tough one. Um, you know this team is not very good without Anthony Davis. Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they play without him. Yeah, so I, I think they even lose to the Heat as well, and then they they then they come back and beat Washington. Okay, so you're gonna see, you're saying uh. One and two over the next three. Yeah, one and two in this next three-game slate. Okay, and then going to get to the Flyers here quickly before we wrap this segment of the show. Not really much to talk about the Flyers. They've been off since we had our last show. Um, just give you some updates here. Uh, the Flyers have not played since our last show, as I said, since multiple players have been out on the COVID list. Um, they were supposed to play last Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, all of which have been postponed. Um, the last game was supposed to be against the Capitals, but that was postponed again last Tuesday. Um, their last practice was Monday at the Capital One Arena. They did practice today, 16 guys, um, seven players in the COVID protocols. I think it's up to eight now. Uh, Konechny, Limblom, Lawton, Frost, Voracek, Giroux, and Braun. That's all of our top guys right there. Um, and they are not eligible to play on Thursday against the Rangers, so... It'd be very interesting to see how the Flyers do. I mean, they're really decimated with COVID here. And it's weird. This COVID protocol does not mean that these players have tested positive for COVID-19. It says that they all receive a daily lab-based PCR COVID-19 test. But the protocol doesn't mean you necessarily tested positive. You could be just having symptoms or you've been contact traced or something along those lines. So... Uh, it's interesting how the NHL is doing this. So they're very being very, very cautious with the, the COVID issues. Um, so, uh, And they also had a 35-minute practice yesterday before the Flyers stepped in and announced that the practice would be canceled. Uh, they did have practice today. Like I said, 16 guys participated today, including two goaltenders. So what our predictions are, Thursday they got the New York Rangers – and Sunday, they are traveling to Lake Tahoe in an outdoor game against the Boston Bruins. Go figure. Who, um, do, you, who do you got? Yeah, I, I don't see them coming right out and winning um, after this long rest period. Um, of course, with the COVID issues. So I have them losing both games, their, their next two games, both to the Rangers and the Bruins. Yeah, I'd have to agree, partner. I mean, they're really going to be shorthanded, and a lot of their you know, front-line, first-two-line players are going to be out for who knows how long. Um, it's kind of a day-to-day thing here in the NHL. Um, so, yeah, I have to agree. I think they're going to definitely lose these next two games. Um, I would have probably picked them to lose to Boston anyway, even if they had full strength, just because Boston seems to have our number this year in the last couple of years. 
Yeah. Uh, and the Rangers, I'm not really sure how good they are, but you know, again, I just, you know, with all those guys out, I just can't see the Flyers beating really anybody right now. Um, so we will wrap up this first podcast here. We'll come back. We've got uh, Phillies talk, Villanova basketball talk, little Daytona 500 action partner, uh, Pebble <laughs> Beach Pro-Am, PGA Tour, and we got sports takes with Smith and our Misfit Athlete of the Week. All of that on the next podcast, which will come up right after this. So long. And welcome in the Sports Takes with Jake, the podcast edition. Yes, act two of show four here. We're going to get right into it. Uh, talk a little Phillies hot stove. They signed uh, Brad Miller, the utility guy. You remember from last year, one year, three to three and a half million dollars. Um, he, he would provide some depth to that bench area. Last year, hit 263, 12 home runs, 21 RBIs, a 941 OPS, and 130 plate appearances. Um, I was reading the article on MLB.com. It said it gives Joe Girardi flexibility, especially when Reese Hoskins or uh, Boehm need a day off. What do you think of the signing partner? Yeah, I like Brad Miller a lot. This is that this is a good signing. Um, nice player to come off the bench and uh, either pinch it for the Phillies or to give, like you said, uh, Hoskins or Ballman a night off. Um, yeah, Brad Miller, good piece, and uh, glad they got him back. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm really excited. Their first game is February 28th at 105 against the Detroit Tigers down there in in Florida. So I'm really looking forward to. Seeing Beautiful my, Clearwater, Florida. Yeah, see my Phillies back in action. Um, and now we'll move on to some Villanova basketball. Uh, very interesting tale of two games here. Um, they beat Marquette 96-64 to in an absolute blowout of the Finneran Pavilion. Uh, Gillespie scored a double-double. Uh, Jermaine Samuels really playing well the senior I'm um, after that 32-point explosion against Marquette, uh, starting to find his way here in his senior year. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Caleb Daniels, Justin Morrill chipped into this dominant win over the Big East foe Marquette. Um, 63% from the field, 59% from three, including Three straight three-point field goals from Jeremiah Robson Earl, and then another one, so four in a row. And then Gillespie added the extra one there in the second half. But then on Saturday, at the CHI Omaha Health or CHI Health Omaha Center, I think in, in Creighton. I'll look it up to make sure I got it right. But they lost to Creighton, eighty-six to seventy. Um, Creighton was shooting over fifty percent from three in this one. There. They're running, according to VUHoops.com, uh, Creighton's running gun offense was too much for Villanova, which I agree with. They really, Villanova likes to play at more of a slower pace, you know, get that efficient shot off. And, you know, Creighton really got us off our, off the step there is, you know, Creighton was really using that high tempo to offset our offense, which led to Villanova's poor shot selection, unbalanced offense. Um, on defense, they were a step slow, according to the article. Um, Creighton had four players in double digits. It's very rare to see against a, a Villanova defense. Um, Creighton had also had 36 points in the paint. 
Uh, Gillespie and Jeremiah Robson are all six for 25 combined from the field. And very shocking considering they're both Naismith midseason player of the year candidates. Um, the most coveted uh, college basketball award there is. Um, Justin Moore scored a season high 21 points as a sophomore. Um, I'll give my prediction for Saturday. They play at 1 o'clock, a little Saturday matinee against Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut, I saw, just beat Providence tonight in a nice win in, uh, in Connecticut. Um, I'm going to say Villanova wins. and they come back here, a tough loss on the road. Um, I think they beat Connecticut here. It's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be low scoring as well, a typical Big East affair. Give me uh, Villanova 60, Connecticut 56 in this one. Parter, do you want to add anything about the your Kentucky Wildcats or anything about my Wildcats while we're at it? It's coming off a huge win over Auburn. Yes. 82-80. Jacob, I'm telling you, we are going to win the SEC and be a very dangerous team in the big dance. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Go ahead and laugh at me. You'll see. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, here's the issue. Like, the SEC is not the SEC of years past. I mean, Alabama's a very good basketball team. Missouri, yeah, Tennessee. They, these teams are ranked, partner. I mean, your team is – I mean, that might be at the bottom of the conference. We are young. What's your record, 6-13 and 13 now? Yes, ninth in the SEC, partner. Wow, who's behind you? Uh, Some pretty bad teams. Vanderbilt, are they behind you? They're usually pretty bad. Yeah, that's our next matchup, partner. Well, there you go. Hoping for another big win there. Go to 7-13. and 13, Then we take on Tennessee. I, was, I think uh, Tennessee beats you there. Well they, only, well, they only lost them by 11 last time. Only by 11. How, notice how I say only. <laughs> yes. Then, and, they, then they have uh, A&M at home, Florida at home, and then they close out with uh, Ole Miss, at Ole Miss. Mm. I, th- I think they went out, partner. I really do. I think they lose to Ole Miss in that last one, though. They're, they're upset-bound, I think, Ole Miss. They they, they like the upset. But I, I yeah. think they beat A&M in Florida. Well, I don't know. I don't know what A&M in Florida are like this year. They're usually decent, but I don't know. Um, yeah, and Villanova, I, you know, tough loss against Creighton, but you called it a learning game for them. I yes. completely agree. Um, I think Villanova is one of the best teams in the country, partner. Yeah, um, now number 10 in the AP poll, but I think we'll be back up into the, the single digits here next week. Yeah, and I and I think they'll make a run at the uh, Final Four. I really do. Yeah, um, they have a very, very good – you know, I, I like how, you know, especially at Villanova, unlike your Kentucky Wildcats, it, you know, these guys stick around for four years. Like Gillespie is a seasoned senior. You know, Jermaine Samuels, another one of those guys, a, a senior – um, you know, even Caleb Daniels and Justin Moore and uh, you know, all these other guys, um, Jeremiah Robinson earlier, they're all sophomores, so they all got a, a year under their belt at least. Um, so I just like, you know, I think that really brings a team together. You know, I, you know, I understand, you know, Kyle Perry wants to bring all these five-star guys in, but the issue you have, and especially this season when you can't get together over the summer and and get that chemistry going is that, you just have a bunch of really good players. They don't know how to play together. And uh, that's obviously manifested itself this season, but they're really just terrible record. Yeah, he's um, one and done partner. No good. Yeah. And we're seeing that. Think about it. We're seeing it with Duke right now, North Carolina. 
I mean, these teams are usually always in the top five. They're not even, even ranked this year. What? Even Kansas. Kansas is not ranked. Michigan State's been terrible. I mean, I think I was just watching them earlier. They're ten and eight, four and eight in conference. Well, third and six and thirteen, partner. Yes. Yeah, so, very interesting. Uh, kind of upside down year in college basketball. Getting to the Great American Race in the Daytona 500 for our NASCAR fans out there. Uh, Michael McDowell avoids a last lap, last lap wreck and wins the Daytona 500 in a late one because of a over five-hour rain delay down there in Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, only the third driver to lead on only the last lap and win the Great American Race. Uh, Denny Hamlin led 98 laps in this one to come in third place. Um, so what, that's just a very interesting – Michael McDowell, not really a household name in the world of NASCAR, but gets it done and gets probably the biggest trophy in NASCAR in the NASCAR season, the Daytona 500 victory. Um, my guy Jimmy Johnson, unfortunately, has retired, so not really, I don't have to find a new driver, I guess, to root for now. But, yes, my, my, my guy – Jeff Gordon retired a couple years back, partner, and I still haven't found a new guy. Yeah, he's he's com- he's actually a pretty good commentator there on Fox. I like him as a commentator. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I'm ever probably gonna find another another favorite guy. I like Jimmy Johnson for a long time, ever since I was I was a young boy. So um, yeah, it must be, be a bandwagon pick there. Uh, I, I mean, he won like what seven championships or something. So oh well. I mean, Jeff Gordon's a pretty bandwagon pick too, but no. Oh well. <laughs> And the Pebble Beach Pro-Am out there at Pebble Beach Golf Links. I always love this tournament every year. Um, and it really was a great tournament. Um, my guy, Jordan Spieth, um, again, kind of interesting with you know NASCAR and golf. Like My favorite guy is Phil Mickelson. So, and he's 50 years old now. But I will probably never find a favorite golfer again because Phil Mickelson is my guy. Um, he even signed a picture for me when I was 16 and I – I got it in the mail from him. That was like probably one of the coolest things that ever happened had happened to me. Um, but Jordan Spieth probably one of my favorite younger guys, um, and he's really trying to get out of a slump here. He hasn't won since the 2017 Open Championship. Been three years. He won 11 tournaments in like since until he was 23, which is like unheard of. And he's really struggled the last couple of years. But uh, he had a two shot lead going into the final round. Shot 70, came up short, um, ended up tying for third of Patrick Cantley. Maverick Benilli, the uh, the, rook, the Stanford three-time All-American, comes in second place alone. A very impressive finish there from McNeely. Um, but the winner, Daniel Berger, very impressive week. Um, made four eagles on the week. Kind of unheard of at Pebble Beach. Very on the par fives there, always tough. Um, but he won with an eagle on the last hole. Beautiful drive, beautiful second shot with the three wood and hold about a 30, 35, maybe a 40-foot putt there, a little right-to-left downhill breaking putt, and he wins the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. A nice bounce back after Saturday on that par 5 18th hold, Yoshin on the left and out of bounds on the right. He hits it OB, ends up making a double bogey on 18, but uh, he really came back on Sunday and hit the shots when it mattered most, and and he is your champion. Um, they are in Riviera this week for the Genesis Open. I don't really have a pick on it because I really didn't get to see who was in the field, but 
Um, I think Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson both have a really good chance to win. That would kind of be my two guys. Um, I really probably, if I had to pick between those two, I'd probably, honestly, I'm probably going to go with Rory. I don't know why. DJ DJ's really been playing well there, but for some reason, I think Rory's going to get it done. I have no idea why. But if, if I had to pick one, I, I mean, I, I'd have to look at the full field, but just out of the notables I saw, out of the notables I saw, I would pick Rory, but um, I don't necessarily think he'll win, but I think he'll have the best finish out of out of all those guys. Um, I want to get a little college football here quickly before we get to my sports takes with Smith segment um, and our misfit toy segment. Um, so a, a lot of transfers have been going out of Penn State recently, including the headliner Will Levis. He is now at Kentucky. Um, and I was looking at an article here from the centerdaily.com and it was pretty revealing. Um, I was kind of shocked to see some of the stuff that was in here. Um, let's give you some quotes to this. Levis said, quote, of, of Kentucky, quote, they believed in me, end quote. Um, and also another interesting quote he kind of opened up about, um, I'm sure you remember this game, partner, in week three, Nittany Lions are down by 28 to Maryland. Uh, just a stunning result in that first half. And uh, Will Levis thought he was going to get in the second half. And here's his quote about that, because he, he thought he should have played in that third quarter, and he ended up not. Well, uh, Franklin ended up going with uh, Sean Clifford. He says, quote, Even halfway through the third quarter, I thought for sure I was going to be able to get some experience, which was most much needed for me in this time of my career. That did not come, and that was something that frustrated me, end quote. Partner, what, what are your takes on this? Yeah, well, he definitely should have been given some more time, I think, especially in that game. Um, and, you know, I don't blame him for transferring. Um, it's obvious that Penn State, that, 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 you know, Sean Clifford is the guy at Penn State, and... Um, you know, all we could say is that we wish Levis the best at uh, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think they should have gave him a little more playing time and, you know, not really use him as a running back so much. I think that really kind of deterred him because he really wanted to be a, a true quarterback. And you mentioned that in the article, how he wanted so to be. Start you know, at Kentucky. Go ahead, partner. What? Is he going to start at Kentucky? Do we know? I am not sure. I think there's probably going to be a quarterback competition, I would think. But he'd probably be the favorite, I would think. You know, I, I would think he'd be the favorite to land that starting job next season in the SEC. So we'll see what happens with Will yes. Levis. Um, I want to get to our Misfit Toys segment here before our sports take with Smith. We got about 15 minutes here. Um, my Misfit Toy this week, the Island of Misfit Toys. I got Deshaun Watson. From Houston. Now, I mean, we talked a lot about him earlier, but uh, just very interesting how he went from, you know, two years ago, 11 wins during the playoffs. You know, they, they always kind of have that early exit. And, you know, and then this season, he puts up outstanding numbers. I mean, outstanding numbers. I think, like, you know, yards, touchdowns, all those other stats, he was very high in the league. And they only have four wins, four. 
Now that's not because of, I'm not saying it's because of him, but it's just crazy how it went from you know face of the franchise to JJ Watt apologizing to him that we wasted a year of your career to Deshaun Watson eliminating the Texans from any of his social media platforms and pretty much asking or he asked for a trade. Um, just hard to fathom, really. Um, just how much Houston has screwed up this last couple of years. You know, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, JJ Watt, now Deshaun Watson. Now they're saying they're not going to trade him, but there's no way you're not going to trade. I mean, he's not going to play again for Houston. No chance. Um, he never. He will not take a snap for Houston ever again. I and I think even if they try to force him to stay, which I don't think is going to happen, I think they're going to trade him eventually. He's not going to take another snap. He will sit out before he takes another snap with Houston. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, it's very interesting to see. I still, I know people are saying the New York Jets, now I've said, quote, probably not a destination. For some reason, I think the New York Jets are the favorite here. I don't know why. Because San Francisco has a quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, that had been mentioned. Denver could be an option, but I just don't think I mean, they do have Jerry Judy and uh, Hamler from Penn State, but I don't know why he'd move on from Drew Locke so early. And Miami, like we said, I mean, unless they really want to give up all those drafts, but I don't think Miami's going to do that. I really think the New York Jets are the favorite here for some reason. I don't know why, but I feel like they have the capital and they have, you know, the coach, and I think they really want to make a splash. I don't know what you say about that, partner, but that's just what I feel. Yeah, um, I, I've been thinking the same thing, Jacob. I, I, I think he ends up with the Jets um, for whatever reason. Um, you know, I don't know. I just It's just the one team that is, that is really, like, standing out to me when it comes to Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and, I, and like I think it's kind of weird because we both really have no like premise on why the Jets would want him, or not the Jets wouldn't want him, but just it, it just doesn't seem like it adds up. But just an instinct for me just seems like he's going to go with the Jets, just because I feel like they have enough there. You're in New York, you know, you can make it. If he ends up getting that team in the playoffs, or I mean, somehow winning a Super Bowl, first time in Super Bowl three. I mean, he would be a legend forever, forever in that city, just like Eli Manning is. So, I mean, it it just seems right to me. It just does um, for him. So now I move on to our Sports Takes with Smith segment. Take it away, partner. All right. Well, it's it's funny because um, it actually has to do with Deshaun Watson. Um. You know, I, I feel like this is all we're talking about lately, but it's just such a big topic. It is. Um, so I don't know if you heard, Jacob, but ESPN's Bill Barnwell proposed a trade here. Okay. Um, involving Deshaun Watson, obviously. So here's what it looks like, okay? Now, this is a three-team trade. The 49ers would send the following to Houston. A number 12 overall pick in 2021. 2022 first and second round pick, 2023 first round pick, and safety to Tavarvis, to Tavarius Moore. Okay, that's that's what they send to Houston, partner. Okay. The 49ers would send to the Jets quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. The Jets would send to the Texans quarterback Sam Darnold. The Jets would send to the 49ers 
2022 fifth, fifth round pick. And the Texans would send it a, send it a 49ers quarterback to Sean Watson. Wow. What do you think of that partner? Wow. I mean, <laughs> kind of hard to process all those different uh, moves, but wow. I, <laughs> I, I don't see that happening per se. I, I, I saw a thing that Jimmy Garoppolo is, quote, likely to stay in San Francisco. Um, I don't see them moving on from him, you know, especially with all the money they invested into him. Um, I mean, obviously, I think Deshaun Watson is an upgrade from uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a decent quarterback in his own right. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see that necessarily. I think that's a little too complex of a trade. I, I think it's going to be – I really feel it's going to be Houston and New York Jets. I don't really see – I mean, that's a lot of picks for San Francisco to give up too. I mean, it's not like they're exactly I – mean, they were in the Super Bowl two years ago, but they were – I mean, now they didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo really this season or most of the season this year. But um, I'm not sold on them yet. I think they had one really good season. I am not sold on them. And, and, and they're playing in a very tough division. You know, you got Seattle, Arizona, Los Angeles – that's a pretty difficult division. Um, and especially when your quarterback is there. I mean, you're talking about your quarterback probably moving, you know, or maybe moving multiple places. Not a good look. And uh, we all remember Super Bowl uh, was at 53, right? With Kyle Shanahan, where he botched the fourth quarter of that game with the play calls for yes. Atlanta. And even to an extent in – Super Bowl 54, because they had a huge lead. Well, they're up 10 with, with like half halfway to go through the third quarter, and they lose by 11. I mean, it's all because – and I'm not blaming entirely the offense, but, I mean, his play calls, when it comes under pressure, he's just, like, not good. It's just kind of surprising, honestly. Oh, no, wait to hear this one, partner. Um, J.J. Watt is reportedly seriously considering – the Cleveland Browns as wow. his next destination. I did not hear that one yet, but that that's an interesting move. He ends up doing that. Um, yes, these rumors just surfaced earlier today, partner. Yeah, we, we love speculating about these different rumors. That's what we, our show's built on here. Um, yeah, that, that would be interesting. I mean, that that would make – I mean, you think about it. You have Miles Garrett and J.J. Watt. Oh, my goodness. That would be a, that would be a really a interesting that, that's duo. That's what show's partner just thinking about Oh, I mean, I'm shaking right now. I'm. Not, <laughs> um, I can't sit still. Yeah, that's just that's. Uh, I mean, they already have an explosive offense the way it is. Um, speaking of the Browns, I wanted to bring this up in the show. Um, I guess we have a little bit of time, so we'll talk about it. I've heard that Odo Beckham Jr. wants to go to Tampa Bay because Chris Godwin is is most likely going to leave because he wants a big contract, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not going to give it to him. What do you think about Odo Beckham? Now, he's already said before he wants to play with Tom Brady. What do you think of him going down to Tampa and play for the Buccaneers? Hmm. Well, I, I think it would be a good fit. Um, obviously, uh, if they don't bring back Godwin, they're going to want to fill his shoes there. Um, and uh, Tom Brady th- throwing passes to Odell Beckham Jr., I like the sound of that a lot. Yes. Um, what do you think the the uh, future of uh, Mitchell Trubisky is? I, I think he's most likely done in Chicago. I think we all agree on that. Um. Yeah. 
I, I think he's no more than a backup, a backup quarterback at this point, partner. I mean, he, he is awful. And I, I still can't believe he was taken number two overall that year. Um, and, uh, but then again, I mean, we also heard like in the beginning of the, uh, the around, around the playoffs, like after the bears were eliminated, that they were actually considering bringing back Trubisky. Yes. I don't know if you remember hearing about that part, but it's like, why? I mean, here's a guy that's done nothing. He, he hasn't won. I mean, what were they, eight and nine this past year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're yep. Eight and nine. You're correct. Yeah, they've got to go. They've got to move on. I'm not sure how much better Carson Wentz is, but definitely an upgrade actually, from Trubisky, though. Yeah, I would think absolutely. And then also back to the JJ Watt story here. Um, former teammate and current Cardinals receiver. Yes, DeAndre Sean, Hopkins. Yes, he wants him in Arizona. Yes, I did see yes. this. Yes, he says, "Let's finish what we started." That's a quote. Let's finish what we started. Yeah, that's um, interesting. And that was actually on his Instagram profile partner. Yes, yeah, we they, they love posting this stuff on the Instagram anymore. Yeah, but it, it appears the Browns are, are have now emerged as the favorite. So now here's, a, here's another one, partner. I was looking at some articles up. Mike Florio of Pro Football Focus, I think, if I'm correct on that. I think so. Um, He is saying that the 49ers will eventually release Garoppolo. And the reason being is because his contract is just terrible. Um, they'd have to – a team, would, whoever would pick him up, have to pay him over $50 million in the next two seasons. And he's been very hurt. There's 23 games in the last couple of seasons, in the last three seasons. He's saying that they, um, they will not roll the dice with Garoppolo again. They won't be able to trade the contract. They will eventually cut Garoppolo, taking a cap charge of only two point eight million. Huh. That that sounds sensible to me. I mean, it's obvious Garoppolo is not really the guy. I don't, especially not that money. Yeah, and like you said, he's hurt a lot. Yeah, he's hurt um, all the time. He reminds me a lot of Carson Wentz. They're kind of they kind of have like a very similar story. Yeah, um, you know, both are injury prone. They have huge contracts that come along with them. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it would make sense for the 49ers to do that. You know, I, I, I haven't really thought of that, but that's interesting. Yeah, I just I just saw that here. Oh, and look at this here. Um, the Bears have reportedly, quote, pushed harder than the Colts for quarterback Carson Wentz. Yeah, but it's, his preference yeah. is Indianapolis partner. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean... Frank Reich in there in Indianapolis. They have a lot better team. They have a lot better team than Chicago too. I mean, eleven wins last year with Philip Rivers. So, here's some baseball. I'm shocked Philip Rivers isn't coming back. Yeah, he had a decent season last year. I kind of want him to come back here. Here's some baseball news, just quickly here before we sign off. We've got a couple minutes. Um, I thought the Phillies should have went after you. Remember Sergio Romo, right? The reliever. Yes. He signed, he signed a one-year deal with the Oakland Athletics. I thought that was something the Dodgers should have gone after. Um, I agree. The Dodgers re-signed Justin Turner, the third baseman. Probably a decent deal there. Um, yeah. I don't think we got to talk about Trevor Bauer going to the Dodgers. Very big move there. What, what do you think? Now, now the Dodgers have Kershaw, uh, Bauer, David Price, remember he took the he opted out last season, and uh, Bueller. 
I mean, you have like four like number ones. Well, not David Price is not a number one anymore, but I mean, they have three number ones in their top three in their rotation right now. Is there anyone that's going to beat them in the National League? No, I mean, what did they go? What did they have last year? Like 107 wins or something, or two years ago? Yeah, I mean, it's some ridiculous. The last normal year. What are they going to win this year? 130 games. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, pretty nuts. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to touch them. Um, that that's just sick. That starting rotation. I mean, <laughs> that reminds me when the Phillies in 2011 they had Roy Halladay, God rest his soul, Cliff yes. Lee, Cole Hamels, Roy Oswalt. I yeah. mean, yeah, the man, four aces. Those today's partner. They were, yeah. And... As they won 102 games that year and were ousted in the first round. To the Cardinals in five. To the St. Louis Cardinals, who eventually went on to win the World Series that year. Yeah, that's the last time we've made the playoffs, partner. Yes, and it's, what's that, 10 years ago? Yeah, it's a whole decade ago now. And the Phillies have invited Adubel Herrera to spring training. What do you think of that, partner? Yeah, I was in shock when I saw that, Um, when you told me that. I am in complete shock. I thought he was, like, gone. I thought he was, like, in the abyss somewhere. Um. I, I just can't believe that. I, I, he wasn't even that good. He had like one good half of one season, just like Dominic Brown. You remember him back in 2013? He had that huge first half, got an all-star yes. selection. That's the same thing they'll do. He had that great first half on the all-star selection, and then he's been terrible ever since and had that domestic violence case. Now is the end of him. So. They call Dominic Brown like the, the, the second coming of Christ, man. Yeah, and he, he was uh, – yeah, he kind of fell off the side of the earth after that. But, uh, but yeah. yes, so very interesting to say the least. I would never bring him back after this baggage, but I guess I guess they see something in him. I don't know. Um, so with that, that's the end of our Act 2. Thank you for listening. Um, hopefully we'll be back on the 891 The Roar next week. Roar. Yeah, roar. Um, so we'll see what happens. And, uh, Thank have you for having me on. Yes, thank you to Christian Smith for being on tonight. I really appreciate all of his talk and effort in this show. And uh, thank you, everybody out there, for listening. Uh, God bless. Have a great night. And we'll see you hopefully next Tuesday on the radio. God bless. Good night.